Welcome to the Voyage of the Geek, Dan Miller, Dave Scotland. We'll come together and talk about all things in the geekosphere. In the geekosphere, have you been? Busy, too busy. Same here. Hoping that it, uh, it'll wind down a little bit, but I don't think it's going to. I think I might have said yes to a couple of things I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> You're... Yeah. Generous enthusiasm and optimism will get you in the end. Yeah. 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 And now I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. You're right. <clears throat> but uh, how about yourself? Yeah. A bit, bit the same. Pretty, pretty damn busy. So good to have a bit of a, a relax. I've got here some American honey. This, I, I'm running a bit low myself, actually. <laughs> this is wild turkey, American honey, exceptionally smooth. Liqueur blended with pure honey and bourbon whiskey. And I think it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, as I was saying before, there's a uh, there's also there's a uh, American honey sting, which has got chili in it. So yeah. And which would be the sting. Is it is it a wild turkey product? Yeah, it's the same same okay. brand. I bought it by accident actually once. I was just like, can I have some American honey, please? <laughs> That's quite and they gave you a thing with a red label and I was like, uh, close enough. <laughs> quite the accident. Yeah. It'll burn. Yeah. No, it's just enough to give it a bit of a sting in the tail. It's good. I remember you uh, educated me once, which really was pitiful that I didn't know mm. as much as you uh, you do about the creation of such things as bourbon and scotch and the, the mash and all that sort of stuff. And I worked in a, in hospitality for about eleven years of my oh, life, yeah, right. okay. and never went beyond the big warehouse with all the shelves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never spent much time on on the bit that created it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's a pretty fascinating story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really interesting stuff. Except for the the local suburban variety that uh, my the friends growing up, fathers and uncles used to. Create every like the Italians have their version, and the, the um, Croatians have their version, and all of it's dangerous. <laughs> Wood <laughs> alcohol or you, something is that what it's called? It's, for some, it's grappa and oh, rakia, and yeah, they've yeah. all got a name mm. for their version. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, yeah. Unless you're used to it, it's it's moonshine, you know. Especially. I know, and, and unless you get it right, you get it wrong. You get wood alcohol, and blind drunk comes from the fact that. Go blind. Yes, you actually do go blind. Yeah. I don't know the, the, the truth about that. But, I, yeah, apparently, unless you know what you're doing, you yeah. can accidentally create wood alcohol, which is essentially a poison. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's all, the the sense of inebriation comes from your body <laughs> reacting to poison. It's it's all poison, but it's, it's at such a minute level that mm. it creates things in our body that we associate with good times and all this sort of stuff. Um, but it's a form of... It's a it's a mild form of food poisoning, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's only a fine line before it becomes ridiculous. Yeah. All so, right. So, what have you uh, what have you spotted throughout the week? Well, I'm like building on some stuff that we we're talking about last week, mm-hmm. uh, and just went off on a bit of a um, a bit of a trail. Um, so last week we were talking about. Um, <clears throat> Uh, all sorts of different things, but one that came up was No Man's Sky. Yep, indeed. And procedural generation of, uh, you know, content and whether that be – and there's lots of different – so this is what I wanted to talk about today. Um, no Man's Sky and procedural generation of stuff. 
um, whether that be music, you know, it could be images, stories, gameplay, yep. games, game environments. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this, there's lots of ways to generate this stuff. So that was what I was thinking about. Um, so in the old um, Mind Demo uh, thing that we got going on here, I've made a new link. So the link to this is going to be in the in the in the chat of the the uh, video. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> checking out Mind uh, No Man's Sky. So that's where the journey kind of began, and it's a little bit interesting actually um, because I'm seeing parallels between this and Ghostbusters. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And there's a lot of parallels, actually, yep. and it's something that we can probably build on in the future mm-hmm. And because patterns start to emerge. Nice. Interesting, interesting patterns. For example, you can see here I've got this thing, this unpositive re- review. Yep. And this was a sort of a random term that I coined a while ago just because I kept seeing people give unpositive, positive but not quite half positive mm. um, reviews of things. So they they – they are telling you about the pluses, but they're doing it in such a way that you cannot, they can't hide the fact that they actually don't like in some way, but they're not saying that. They're saying trying to say positive things. Or another way to express it, and perhaps on positive review isn't the best words for it, but another way to express it is somebody complains about some things, mm. all right? So they say the, the game is too long, there's too many characters and not enough story. And then, then they say, so it's a bad game. And then somebody else will say, yeah, the game was hugely long. There were hardly any characters. And the story's almost non-existent. And it, it was, was awesome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, and that's this, this bizarre phenomenon, right? So we'll start here, right? So I'll just open up this. So there's um, there's this these people here, trusted reviews. Now, I instantly don't trust them when they put trusted reviews in their title. Yeah. It's like, you know, when people put truth in the title of their thing, yeah. the absolute, you know, the, the absolute truth, truth yeah. the real the real story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um so there's a um there's a bunch of stuff here. Um um so actually look, before we get perhaps too much into it, we should just quickly discuss actually because I forgot, quickly discuss what No Man's Sky is. Yeah, yeah. People don't know. Absolutely. So it's a computer game. Procedurally generated computer game. Um, and we were talking about Elite last week, and Elite has 300 million stars in its star system. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that pales into <laughs> to insignificance yeah. with um, No Man's Sky because mm. they've got 800 Brazilian quintillion. Quintillion is sounds familiar. I think it's actually it's like 80 quintillion yeah, or yeah. something or other. It's a ridiculous number. It's a ridiculous number. So ridiculous that the chances of you running into another human. Another player. Yeah, another human player uh, are like astronomically high. Yes. And that's actually part of the um, the twisted web that we weave here. Yeah. Um, so actually, so let's go off on that rabbit, rabbit trail first. Yeah, yeah. And that is that the developers said that. It was multiplayer. It's multiplayer. It's, and. And then it becomes impressive. Like, you know, Quintillion yeah. is impressive when all my mates are in that universe. So there's it's multiplayer, but there's almost no chance that you'll ever find anyone. So that's red rag to a bull. Mm. As soon as it comes out, people start saying, yeah. well, we've got a challenge on our hands here, yeah. 80 Quintillion, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, 
turns out they can't find each other mm. and some people tried go, to test it. Tried to test it <laughs> and they go to the same place yeah. and there's like nobody there. These are two t- Twitch streamers. They're yeah. both streaming at the same time. So they've gone to exactly the same location in the universe at the same time. So it's procedurally generated, so it's generated off a seed. Yeah. So matter if they go to a place, it'll be the same place. Yeah. Because it generates the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. The same planet gets generated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think they even managed to find the same planet because it was named somehow, because uh, that's part of the game, you name the planet. So They managed to, um, yeah, get to the same place and one's standing, on, and they can even see they're on the same hill and one's looking north and one's looking south and it's like, no, nah, yep. can't see it. So... This I, is the- I, on that exact point, I, I heard that exact story. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been a little one-paragraph blurb. Exactly the way you just told it, except that for one player mm-hmm. it was day ah, okay. and for the other player it was night. Uh-huh. Okay, that's interesting. But I didn't. there was no more information other than that and what you said. So there seems to be less multiplayer than was advertised on the tin. Oh. Uh, so didn't, didn't the developer come out? I, I thought he released a, a tweet a week or two leading up to release declaring that it's single player. I think that, yes, I think that's true. It's been sort of officially, unofficially owned by them that it's single player. But the big question now, was it always single player? No, it wasn't. Okay. And the people who are a little cross, yeah. you know, can go back and you can see the the developer saying, oh, yes, 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 multiplayer, but you'll probably never, ever find each other, mm. which it starts to sound a little bit suspicious. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's totally multiplayer. It's just nobody will ever find each yeah. other. But it is multiplayer. Except that we can go to the same place. <laughs> like what? what? It's a claim you can test yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really easily. Um, it's got an interesting story. And I, one of the reviews I read about it um, suggested that, you're charging AAA prices for an indie game. Yeah. Although I love this is this is a phrase that um, Rick, who we hope to have on the show uh, in the near future, mm-hmm. he uses this. He's a game design teacher. Okay. And he calls it a triple I game. Okay. Right. Triple indie. It's, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's That's an indie game. That's a good term. But a high a high degree yeah, yeah, of polish. Yeah. They've set the bar yeah. very high. But it's still an indie game because mm-hmm. there's still only fifteen guys. Yep. And that was in this review that it's a triple A game, but it was made by fifteen guys, mm. and, and it does not have the depth that you should be charging that for. Yep. Um, which you that's what it's all about. If you've got three hundred people in your team, mm. the game's got depth. Mm. You know, and mm. and it's not just about the number of um, items. It's mm. how rich they are. You know mm. what. How integrated they are with yeah. each other. There's a fine line. There's a limit to what 15 people can do mm. Yeah, in any environment. So, yeah, I really like that that term, triple I. That's a, that's a really it's good. It's awesome, idea. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good good. Rick Ligardo. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's just have a look at trusted reviews now. So this is trusted reviews. You can even go to their site, da-da-da. You can see that they're giving it, you know, they're giving it a positive rating. I don't know what you call that. That's it's sort of beyond fifty percent, right? Right. Yep. <clears throat> um, the pros: an incredible technical achievement. Now, that's an interesting pro. It. Well, yeah, yeah. The term. The term. Is interesting. If you think of it in terms of this unpositive review, incredible technical achievement, it's kind of yeah. – now, I don't want to disparage it too much, but it's mm. a bit like saying the packaging was awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You got or it here it in made, two days. Yeah, yeah. Or it was made, you know, on very small computers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and only on using every day of the week with a yeah, yeah, with yeah. A T e- in it. Every second day of the week. Yeah. Okay. So the next one of the pros is exploring is fun. Okay. Cool. Um, another pro, giving everything you discover a funny name. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a positive review, right? Yeah, yeah. This is also this is this is sort of damning with faint praise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Funny name. <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Giving it a funny name. Okay, yep. fine. Um, cons. Basic mechanics quickly become repetitive. So, look, if you think about the funny, giving something a funny name and you feel sort of quality and quantity of entertainment yeah. value, there's probably not a lot of quality there. Yeah. But then you think, and perhaps not a lot of quantity there. I mean, you might might do that a lot in the game, but the basic mechanics become quickly become repetitive. In terms of quality and quantity, yeah. that seems... Significant, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and and that was uh, that's a that was a major point in the review I was reading too. Mm-hmm. I just happened to read. I, I was in Steam. I was in the Steam interface, okay. yeah. and when I went to No Man's Sky, the very first review on the list, and mm-hmm. I, and it could have been the way I was previously sorting or mm-hmm. whatever. It was the first review, and it just happened to be quite thorough mm-hmm. and and really well thought out. Yeah, yeah. And and he said the same thing that mm-hmm. that after about two or three hours. You've done everything you can do, mm. and the only difference is on one planet the hills aren't quite as undulated, mm-hmm. a little bit steeper on another, but they're mm. all ridiculous colours and mm-hmm. all ridiculous plants and ridiculous animals. And after five hours, it's like, what now? Yeah, what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah, um, because you're not in there with anyone, um, the, you can't break that cycle. There's mm. nothing, you know, unless they get crazy in the and start releasing patches and things like that. But he said. There's no moons. Um, mm-hmm. There's no ringed systems. There's oh, you don't land on des- desert planets where there's nothing like a Mars type planet. Mm-hmm. Everything is lush, and that was his. That seems like a big mistake to me. That was his review. Oh, but that's what I would have thought. Because you've you've only got a certain amount of content. Yeah. Why not space it out by having half the planets just deserts or ice deserts, yeah. and you can detect that they're boring ones fairly quickly. Yeah. And then you just keep going off until then it pushes you forward to the next planet to Absolutely. find the next one. Absolutely. And instead of – I saw some gameplay where you have a certain type of weapon that you can blow up the ground mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and open a, into a cavity. Mm-hmm. And in the cavity there's plants and rocks. Mm-hmm. and so, so they've got subterranean sorted mm-hmm. um, before something as important as – you know, mixing it up a little bit, planet by planet. Pacing is what that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Picking your battles. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, form over function. So anyway, frustrating bugs and crashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one so- thing I noticed: did, have, did you notice the the level of detail? You know how we yeah, yeah, popping in things yeah. pop in, yeah? yeah, and we're used yeah. to that, and, yeah. we, and that's the price we pay for such high high degree of graphics and things mm. like that. But when the thing that pops in that you thought was a ship turns into be t- turns out to be a fleet, no, oh, okay, yeah. you got a problem, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. like you see the ship over there, oh, it, V-line it, and then all of a sudden he's got fifty mates, mm-hmm. and I've seen it. I've actually seen gameplay where that happens. Mm. That's a problem. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. So our score over here is is you know it's mostly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, if we then go on to their verdict down the bottom. Um, <clears throat> 
No Man's Sky. Is it a good game? Um, uh, fundamental gameplay isn't deep or rewarding enough for me to stick around. Doesn't live up to the. Does it live up to the hype? You know. Um, a technical marvel with no doubt. Vast improvement over the upcoming months with the patch. Um, there is certainly plenty of fun and wonder to be had. It's just a case of how long before the fun stops. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, he gave it a, a positive review. So I went looking for a whole bunch more. Yeah. And this is where we uh, just jump into Metacritic. So we did this with um, the Ghostbusters yeah. thing. Yeah. And it was really polarised, right? There was – and what it seemed to be – was critics give it a thumb, thumbs up yeah. and people tend to either give it a thumbs up or a, a massive thumbs down. But what you didn't see with Ghostbusters is cri critics giving it a massive thumb, thumbs down. Yeah. Now, this seems weird. Yeah. Or perhaps not weird, depending on whether you've got an explanation as to why it happens or why it doesn't happen. Yeah. So anyway, let's just quickly check out Metacritic. <clears throat> and this is what I'm referring to here. Critic reviews, positive, 13 positive, yeah. okay? Yep. Mixed reviews, 18, according to this system, whatever they're using, but no negative reviews from critics. User reviews, 400 positive, so lots of people going, hell yeah. Yeah. A few in the middle, and then everybody else is like, no, no, fuck this. Wow. That's a really interesting side-by-side, uh, -side, isn't it? And it's basically the same the same kind of spread that happened on Ghostbusters. Critics, yes, and a bit meh. Mm -hmm. Some people, total fans, and then a load of other people were just like, hell no, this is total crap. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So the question for me is what explains this? Exactly. Why? Oh, and what explains specifically why the critics refuse to give a negative review? If we go and have a look at, um, say, this guy who's up the top here, giving it a... 90. Giving it a 90. And we won't read his review, but I don't know. You know, he's, he's obviously positive about it. Um, but I want to read one of the responses down here. What's his, uh, what's his little pros and cons here? Oh, okay, we'll check his pros and cons. So pros, the universe is flourishing and humbling. Mm -hmm. Con, colourful. Yeah, con can be too big for some. So he's trying to look after other people there, saying for some people. Yeah. For some. It's but, too. But not me. Like <laughs> yeah. that's a con, yeah. but yeah. not for him. Yeah, that's, that's a con right. for other people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, repetition can turn certain players away. <laughs> <laughs> that's a con. Yeah. Once again. But not me, mm. right? What he's doing is projecting. Mm. He's potentially, mm. potentially, there's someone in the community mm. that will find this rep repetitious, yeah, and and they will be turned away. Yeah, that's the potential. I'm I'm going to lay that out there. That's a potential, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it under cons. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some of the pros there? Uh, the level of freedom and exploration is amazing. Hmm. That's probably relative to something, and we would love to know what that is. The atmosphere helps to drive home the point that you're just one in a sea of many. Uh, Problem is, of course, you'll never see the other many that yeah. are in the sea with you. 
the gameplay is simple yet satisfying. Uh, <laughs> see, some of this just seems to be well. It, it, I get the negative feeling that that's coded words. Mm. You know, it's like the meal was extremely salty. Yeah, <laughs> possibly the most salty thing I'd ever eaten. <laughs> I put it to you, yet sir. surprisingly re- invigorating. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Empty, <laughs> like empty. Se- who are we describing when we say empty sentences? And when he really wants to get down and dirty with uh, um, a phrase, mm. he lumps it onto someone else. I'm mm. not saying that, but people are starting to uh, yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah? yeah. It's Donald, Donald Trump did this <laughs> review. Yeah. Um, another one is imagine if you're doing a review of um, Pac-Man today. Yeah. You yeah. know. That's a great question. Okay, imagine you're doing it today. Somebody we can, out we can actually do right? that. Triple, we could, we right? Could Triple pluck out some young people. Maybe we should actually... Yeah, we should actually maybe think about that. But some of the type of reviews that 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 I see, you know, there'd be somebody who'd like who'd review it like this. They'd say, "This is Pac-Man we're talking about. Two D blip 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 Pac-Man, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so somebody like this person would describe it as an amazingly immersive experience, yes. ghost hunting from first point of view. Yep. I spent hours eating those pills. Don't eat too many, <laughs> but yes, you have to eat those pills. You know, just like. Come on. I love it. I love it. And the only thing missing is that obnoxious um, English accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Harry's got a boot. Yeah. It's, it's those war films. Yeah, that yeah. That voice yeah. they used to all use. Yeah, yeah. But it's so, the same thing. It's the sugar. It's it's just um, candy floss. It's it, Nothing's deep about it. Nothing's actually thought, mm. you know, through. It's just cookie cutter comments and statements. And you could easily go through. Someone that does that, somebody that that lists cons as, you know, some people might because mm. it places people in two minds. Well, do I want to be that that person? Mm. You know, this, you know, or do I, is, is, do I potentially sort of, you, you, you're um, resigning ownership to, mm. and that means you're actually not putting anything out there at all mm. that's you. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's on the line. Yeah, yeah, you're sort of um, straddling the fence there a little bit. Mm. So if you go down and have a look at the responses, you know, some people are like, how the hell much did you get paid to do this? Thing? Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and it's The comments it. are exactly what's wrong with the gaming community. Uh, he's not a fanboy. He addresses the issues, acknowledges them, but then finds the game excellent. An assertion I dif- disagree with. This guy's ultimately po- yeah. fairly positive in the end. He'd say, "Still, come on, it's it's mediocre. It's mediocre by your own definition. All the problems you were listing up above mean that it's mediocre." Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, it, you it, that statement there actually confirms the the, the theory. The um un the unpositive reviews. Unpositive review. What <laughs> yeah. he's he's. He's seeing it. So mm. there's someone else in the world that's actually seeing what you're seeing. Mm. That, you know, you 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 leave us with a parting thought that comes from nothing that you've discussed. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and this is why it seems like an apologetic argument to prop up some previously pre, you know, held position mm. or I don't know, who is this, who is Twinfinite? I don't know. Do they have to, do they feel that, does Ishmael here feel that he has to, be pleasant all yeah. the time because yeah. he's needs to be famously popular or something. But yeah, and and does um, who's Twinfinite? Do they have a mandate as a as a channel as a um, 
a location for for this type of j- journalism. Mm. I guess we that's journalism. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they may have a bracket. They may have a um, anything outside on this side. Mm. We need to. That's where the line is there, and this is where the line is here, and inside there. That's our formula. But remember, he's giving it a ninety out of a hundred. So his brackets. Well, we've only got a sample of one. Yeah. But in this sample of one, you know, if he doesn't have brackets, yeah. it does include a hundred percent. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's worth seeing um, one or two other reviews of, on this site to work out. You'd have to look at a few more. Yeah, yeah, mention. and yeah. But if you have a look, maybe you know this isn't the greatest person to be. I don't know because there's a lot of titles up here, the Wii U and everything. Maybe yeah. he only get ever gets a glance. He does say he spent fifteen hours and he's going to spend another bunch of hours, but maybe he only gets a glancing blow. You know, he's only going to be in this game for a little while. He's got to check out some stuff and then he's yeah. got to move on to the next one. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, there are a bunch of um, sort of – so there, there's there's loads of these. There's loads of – yeah. and the pattern repeats itself. I, I, I found another one. There's another one down here from Spain, right? So it was yeah, a yeah. 90 out of 100 from Spain, right? And it's all in Spanish, so I can't read it. Oh, but you can translate it. But you can translate it. But instead of translating it, I went down and just grabbed the first comment at the top of the thing and translated that. Punched it in. Yeah, okay. love it, love it. And what'd you get? The, what's the comment? You can see that I can see that the word nada yeah, is yeah, in yeah, there, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it translated hyper badly. Yeah. But it was something like, um, you know, um, working is not power and, and distances is small with options that are tiny and cloning of <laughs> tasks is nada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and you sort of you have force your mind, you kind of say, there's nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. You know what we should do too, um, and we'll, we might do this in a future episode, is we, when we come across an article like this or something that we're referring to, yeah. we should load it into a word cloud generator mm-hmm. and just see. Mm. see. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, what's the bulk what of pops what, up? What's the bulk of what you're getting here? Because that's a big article too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's pr- at least about, what, six or seven quite substantial um, paragraphs. Yeah, no, no, that's a really excellent idea. We'll do. I'd like to do that. We'll do something like that. Very good, very good. <laughs> Um, so anyway, there's this bizarre thing on Metacritic. If I want to go to now just another review. This is, and I and I picked a sort of a hyper negative one yep. in the sense that this guy only gave it like three out of a hundred or something. Right? Long the, way from yeah, ninety, the other end from yeah. ninety. Yeah. Um, you know, abysmal frame rates drop. Uh, space combat is boring, simple, turning circles, shooting each other, then you pass, you know, that. Yeah, yeah jousting. Jousting, yeah. You know, survival portion of the game serves mostly as a nuance. Um, since there's no struggle to survive, because he's saying it's too easy as well. It's yeah. too easy. There's no struggle to survive. It's mm. pretty difficult to call this a survival game. And there's kind of not much to see after a while, so it's difficult to call it an exploration game. Yeah. Um, you know, so it doesn't fit those two genres really well. Hmm. Um, I think Rick, I'm going to quote him, but I could be wrong. I think he also used the phrase relax exploration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can kick back and explore. There's right. no great threat going on. That, that's right. And it's a kind of a casual game. Um, I question whether this is, and so this is, this is kind of getting close to what he's saying. I question whether this is really a game at all right now. 
at the moment it seems like a very very elaborate procedural technology demonstration of a, you know it's a tech demo yeah it's, an, yeah. it's, it's a it's a big tech demo i um i agree <clears throat> is there any story do we know is there any narrative mm, you're almost just explorer no. almost no there's a tiny little narrative thread and that simply the narrative is to get to the center of the galaxy okay okay so yeah, it doesn't look like there's much there's much there. Um, so you, you, whereas you take the other two main competitors for this product in the space sim mm-hmm. world is Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, mm-hmm. both of which have a very rich narrative with with power plays and and um, I mean in in Star Citizen, there's manufacturers of ships and stuff. Like when you see ads for a new starship. It's actually a manufacturer's, like a Ford ad. Yeah, they put all that. They put all of that in there. I'd say that Elite that is yeah. probably on the spectrum. Yeah, Elite's in the middle. Yeah, they're still, they're still doing that procedural thing. Yeah, um, but there is a little bit of that. But um, there's no. What my point being, there's no excuse for no narrative. I mean, it's important to, especially for establishing stakes. You know, like mm. what's your stake in this world? Mm. And if there's no stake, if there's nothing really to lose. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to sort of close in on that mm-hmm. as, as our sort of um, my conclusion anyway. Um, so then there's a bunch of reviews here. People can can sort of follow their way around here and go and check those out. These are slightly random. I checked out a bunch of people. Um, but the one that I wanted to um, have a look here is uh, Total Biscuit. Um, are you familiar with Total Biscuit? Yeah, I think I've come across it before. Um, he's basically a game reviewer, I suppose. Mm. I'm sure he probably has a bit more of a technical technical way of describing what he does, but um, I find him to be brutally honest, yeah, and very um, well, very honest and very clear, yeah, and not um, a lot of empathy. No, not a lot of um, <laughs> doesn't suffer fools very no, easily. No, not and, at all. And but but you know, if something's good, you'll call it good. If something's bad, you'll call it bad. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to play. So he, what he's actually talking about here is the his does a port report. So a the what? game a port report. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. started off on like um, um, console, and then it's moved to PC. Yeah. So he's reporting on how well that has been done. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to take the a few seconds from the very start of his um, video just to sort of because he, he makes a good point. So I'll just have a little listen. No Man's Sky has turned out to be quite the interesting little puzzle because mm. it's an incredibly, incredibly hyped game. You know, very, very hugely anticipated by a massive number of people. The fandom for this game had reached religious levels months ago. Uh, insane levels as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of it came down to the fact that the developer was very vague about various elements of the game. And what that tends to do... <clears throat> is it causes people to enter a state where they fill in the blanks in their imagination. And the problem with doing that is that if you fill in the blanks in your imagination, then generally speaking, you end up imagining the perfect game because that's what your imagination told you it would be. It filled in all the ideas like, well, there's a bunch of different planets and there's a whole universe to explore and I can do basically anything. It turns out, no, you can't, but... That's what people tend to believe when they're left with so many blanks and they're told that this game is full of mystery. Their imagination runs wild, especially in what I like to call the desperation genres, the genre. Okay, so he then goes on to talk about- I like that. Yeah, some of the genres that are not um, not well 
um, represented in terms of um, products. But I like so. the premise that that if you do, if you leave gaps in something and leave it up to people's imagination, they they naturally fill that with high expectations. Okay, so that's that's now we're sort of now into the end of part one. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the the end of part one, and so part two of this little exploration is where we go next. We're talking about people's high expectations. And so I've prepared a second second little board here called um, Procedural yeah. uh, where we'll pop in and um, we're going to check out some stuff related to this. Oh, so cool. um, what I'm going to talk about, I suppose, or what I wanted to, to discuss and certainly what I've been thinking about recently is some of the problems with procedural yeah. um, generation of either songs or whatever mm. it is. Mm. But it also kind of relates to what Total Biscuit was just saying about blank spaces and expectations yeah. and, and all of those type of things. So let's begin by just quickly getting a bit of a definition. Procedural systems are often employed to generate vast quantities easily follow, following a set of rules based off a seed. That's just my definition of what I'm talking about in mm -hmm. terms of um, procedural things. So <clears throat> we might have a procedural system that generates a song. Yep or generates a universe for you to play in, or a story, or an image, or a name, or, or whatever it is, right? So um, one of the things that we've already enc encountered is the potential for that to be five miles wide and one inch deep, mm -hmm. right? And that yep. is you've got 80 quintillion yep. stars with nothing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it can look fabulous. It can look amazing. And they and can definitely fill in that blank. Yeah. Songs can be like that. Songs can be like that as well. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, and, and I've, and I'm sure you have too, have made generated songs some sort of procedural way. And it sounds like a song. Yeah. But it's not actually a song. Absolutely. You know, it's this sort of mimic of a song. And and this is, I suppose, what we're talking about with the procedural generation of this this whole universe. Mm. So. That's that's the first one. And and the problem is, I suppose, is that you're trying to generate a huge amount of quantity, mm. but that's that can decrease the quant the quality somehow. Quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you can find some way for your procedural system to be also generating generating quality. Awesome quality. Somehow. Yeah. Okay. So the next one I just wanted to I was thinking about was the uncanny valley. Mm -hmm. So you know what the uncanny valley is, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so it was kind of coined, I think, by um, by um, people actually a long time ago. I, I did some research. It's yeah. like the early 1900s. Oh, yeah, the Uncanny yeah, yeah. Valley was starting to be talked about. Yep. And it's essentially, it's it's mainly for like, um, <laughs> this is a computer game with some people in it. Yeah. I don't know if you can see that on the on the screen there. But, and, you know, it, it there's something that just looks wrong, all right? And creepy wrong. And creepy wrong. There's some. I don't know if you can see this one. This one here is a toaster with a little smiley face drawn on the side, and everybody's yep. cool with that. Yeah. This one's a happy, you know, happy toaster, and everybody's hyper cool with that. <laughs> this one's got an actual human face on it, yeah. and you're like, oh, hang on, <laughs> this one's got a photo of a face on, it, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. But then you go to, uh, and then I'll show you one more. It's in this list somewhere. There's all sorts of creepy. things. Animatronics in this. really suffer from it. Right. Right. Like um, uh, Disney, you know. Um, 
that like the Disney animatronics of Abraham Lincoln and those sorts of spooky looking robotics. Yeah, yeah. That's the uncanny valley when it's a humanoid form um, that is fake. What I suggest though is that the uncanny valley doesn't solely apply to the human form. Really, I think it's it's strongly applied, and that's a, a case where it's clear. Yeah. But if you have a look at this lion here, yeah. you've got the appealing lion, mm-hmm. you've got the more realistic, eh, yeah. not so much lion, yeah. <laughs> the stuff, the fuel of yeah. nightmares is this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this one's okay again. Yeah, you're so, right. So we're talking about a graph where the closer you get to being accurate, there's this sudden drop-off in- Absolutely. In, um, and it looks super creepy. It's, it's, it's relative to something that you can- uh, reference in your memory, in your visual memory. Mm. So that's why we can stand seven foot tall blue skinny aliens in a scene and they can emote and mm. you can feel for them and mm. they, they're real. Mm. They're real. And any and uh, the world of Warcraft is a great example mm. as well. You look at any of those orcs mm-hmm. and those conversations, not for a second do you think that they're CG. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the proportions come back to humanoid form, mm-hmm. you're in the uncanny valley because mm. the point of reference in your memory is so fresh. Mm. We, and we've been looking at lions and and humans our, our whole life. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but in for species that we're not so familiar with, you can get away with a little bit more. Mm. Mm. All right. So um, there's a good article on uh, – there's a good wiki article on it um, – here and if you go and check out that, yeah, they kind of indicate down here that there's lots of different reasons for it and and how a whole bunch of different things sort of like what you indicated mm. combine together to cause the effect. Um, but they also hint that it doesn't have to be uh, faces only, and I'm thinking that perhaps perhaps it isn't. So if you take No Man's Sky, mm. so let's have a look at No Man's Sky here. You can see that that's very close to reality. Mm. And, and really, I'm talking about procedural generated yeah. things yeah. in general, but I'm, I'm, No Man's Sky is the example here. So you can see it's very close to reality, whereas if we go with Minecraft, Minecraft isn't trying to look exactly the same. This is the cartoon, yeah. right? And yep. this is the this is the the closer to the. So I'm just wondering if um, if there is something there yeah. that. Puts people off a little bit yeah. because it's close, but no, you know. It could be. It's it, generating that, it, that. It's a good theory. And um, I like the idea that the Uncanny Valley applies <clears throat> to location, that it applies to environment mm. and lighting and things like that, that if, you, if you're not careful, you can, you can get it almost right, mm. but then dip over almost into an right uncomfortable Almost right is, is actually place. very wrong yeah. in some ways. Yeah. yeah. So- yeah, there's there's that as as a potential thing. So that's that's that one. Um, the next one that I wanted to talk about was this one, which is the paradox of choice. Yeah. Okay. So there's a really cool TED talk here um, by the guy who who kind of invented this. Invented it's probably not the, the best word. Um, um, theorized. Theorized this. So. The paradox of choice is this, and it was it was kind of come up with, and this, so again, we're talking about procedurally generating lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whether you're generating lots of songs through a procedural system that yeah. generates songs repeatedly, yeah. or you're in a world where every time you walk over the horizon, it generates more stuff for you, right? Yeah. 
Um, so the concept that we're talking about here is spoiled for choice. This is that's an idiom, right? That that people use. Spoiled yeah, yeah. for choice. What yep. does that actually mean? Yep. It means that if you go to the Wiktionary thing here, having such a selection of good choices that deciding which one to pick is difficult. Yes. Okay. The ability to pick is affected by the sheer volume of choice. Yeah. So let's check out this one. I've got a little video here. So analysis par paralysis. <laughs> okay. Why shopping uh, shoppers? Why shoppers spoiled? For choice, often regret their purchase. So let's listen there's so to this many person. choices now, and we're so they're so accessible too. So we just go online when we're thinking of buying something like a car or insurance. We do our research. We usually look at reviews, what mm. they have to offer, and I definitely think that delays the process a bit because you're sort of overwhelmed by the choices you have. Car insurance, for one, there's so many different options available, deals available, and you sometimes go for advice from friends or family, but I think the more reliable source now is to go online and have a look at what everyone's offering, but there's sort of the, you don't want to have buyer's regret and end up um, <laughs> picking the wrong one when you could have got a better deal and saved your months, have months. Right, so that's a really interesting statement yeah, that she yeah, says at the end. Yeah. Buyer's regret. Yes that she could have got something better. Yep. All right. So um, <clears throat> so this is spoiled for choice, right? So this is the, the famous um, paradox. There's a really cool article here about um, whether it's a, it's, it's a myth or not. So the experiment that was done, the, 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 the famous experiment was done, was selling jam in a supermarket. Mm. So they sell um, – so the test was to get six types of jam and then sell it to people at a little – table yeah. in the supermarket and then get 15 or 20 types of jam and sell it to people and see, see the numbers and see the numbers yeah and it seems to be the case that if you sell people six types you sell more jam than if you sell people if you try and sell right so um this ted talk here is is by the guy who um who came up with it let's um Hang on, I just got to find his name. It's just in this article here, uh, Barry Schwartz. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and this this TED talk is actually really amazing. You should go and check out this TED talk. But um, he he actually says in the opening part of it, there's this kind of um, dogma, this um, Western dogma, that freedom and choice are inherently good mm. because you wouldn't want to be a robot stuck in a something with no choice you know it's inherently it's better and his conclusion at the excuse me at the end of the talk is this there's no question that some choice is better than none but it does not follow that more choice is better than some yeah okay so if i come down here a couple of things that he points out is if you have lots of choices it's a greater it's, it takes more effort to make a choice yes takes more effort to choose. Another one he points out is that what are the chances that you'll make the wrong choice? Well, it's, it's greater. If, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you've got a 1,000 choices, what's the chances? <laughs> it's almost 100% that yeah. you're going to make the wrong choice, yeah. right? And yeah. that's what she was saying about buyer's regret. There's mm. going to be a better deal somewhere else. Yeah. 
And another one that he brought, brought up, oh, and how easy will it be to correct your incorrect choice yeah. if you've only got two choices? Mm. You'll just go back and do the other do one. the other one, yeah. <laughs> this one yeah. is still in the same shit. And there's one more. Uh, these are only highlights that he was talking about, but there's one more, and that is that um, imagine that there's only one type of genes. This is his example. Mm. Imagine there's only one type of genes, and you buy that type of genes, and it turns out that they're shit. Now, whose fault is that? Yeah. It's that stupid gene yeah, yeah. friggin' company. Absolutely. Now, imagine that there's 50 types of genes, and you spend all day choosing, and you choose it, and you buy it, and you yeah. take it home, and there's shit. Whose fault is it then? It's yours for choosing the wrong ones. <laughs> Love it. And this is what he's saying about the, this this sort of tyranny of of choice, and of it's choice. not actually. This is his thing. So he's saying, just to be clear, there's no question that some choice is better than none, but it doesn't follow that just having a thousand million choices is yeah. better than that. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair call. Yeah, if that is, <clears throat> if that's a solid theory, and 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 it sounds definitely sounds like it, right? If you were to bring that and apply it to the three players in the game, mm-hmm. the Elite Dangerous, No Man's Sky, and mm-hmm. for now that's who we're who we're dealing with. And there's some others around, there's Eve, and there's a few, mm-hmm. but they're the main three that are trying to vie their way in through Steam onto your onto your device. Um, the Star Citizen, mm-hmm. I think, is the one that's putting less precedence and less import onto the number of places you can go. Mm. And it's more like Freelancer, I guess. Like Freelancer was a big universe to me, but there were des- there was you could only go to the destinations. You yeah. couldn't just fly it's off. Directed. Yeah, you can you can't just get to a sun and then fly off somewhere. Mm. Everything went through these highways, these mm. uh uh, jump gates, mm. yeah. Mm. So it's closer, I think, maybe to. So if that theory, if we were to apply it, we would be able to find a winner, mm. um, because they what we're discussing there—that choice. That, that's that—that's a major thing in all of all of those uh, those those games. Yeah. So um, you imagine you're in No Man's Sky and you're going to go to this planet or this planet. Why? Yeah. You know why would you? And what's going to make yeah. the difference? Yeah. How would you, you know, and why not that planet? Yeah. And if you do go to that planet, well, you're going to miss whatever's on that planet, yeah. assuming that there's something good, you know. And it's the disengaging of, <coughs> of, of the uh, responsibility. You, you're right. It puts it back. If you can't find your mate on another planet, it's, it's your fault. Mm. You're doing something wrong. And this kind of comes back to, and then the final kind of conclusion here for um, – um, Barry was his name. Dang it, forgot already. Yeah, yeah Barry. Barry um, was that, um, you know, lower your expectations, people. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what Total Biscuit said, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to come in for a landing now. Cool. Um, I've got two two last things here. Um, this last one is our new $25 word of the day, and it is teleology. Are you? Teleology. Teleology. Are you familiar with teleology as a word? Probably not because Absolutely not. it's an obscure $25 word yeah. that uh, only certain people are nerdy enough to know what it means. Teal as in the colour teal? No, not in the, as in the okay. colour teal. Because then um, that's the only <laughs> time I've ever heard that word. <laughs> All right, so let's go on a quick uh, word journey. Um, teleology uh, has two parts to it. Uh 
Telio and and Ology. Yeah. Okay. And um, if we go to the um, ent- entomology here, um, etymology rather, um, you know, Telios is the word you see in the television and uh-huh. the telephone yeah. and the telescope. Yep. So, um, and it means here, as we've said, um, as these guys have said, um, entire, perfect, complete goal, end or result. Cool. So a telephone, the phono is the sound. Yeah. So the telephone is the end result of the sound. Okay. And same with teleport. Port yeah. is a door or a portal. End result of the movement. Yeah, yeah, end result of the thing. All right. So and same with a telescope. Okay. And so then the other one is um, logia. Um, logia, which is um, logos. Uh, logic mm-hmm. is also is the word comes from it and it means discourse treaty doctrine theory science blah 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 doctrine might be a good one yeah so our self super fancy tele um our super fancy word is teleology which is the end doctrine which is the end goal mm-hmm. and this is the problem another one of the problems that a procedurally generated thing has is that it doesn't have an end goal an end goal from the start yeah all right a purpose is the is the is the real Thing it doesn't have a purpose. Yeah. Right. I, if I make a little stack of bricks, I do it so that I can reach up something high outside. That's the teleology of those stack of bricks. That's the end purpose of why it was created to yeah. have that result. But if you're going to have a procedurally generated thing, it doesn't have that. No. It's kind of just there because it's there. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem with. All of these things, no man's sky included, from what I think we saw from the yeah the thingos, is that the, one of the big p- complaints that people have is, what do you do? But then there's a bunch of people who say, I like it for what it is. Yeah, it's um, it's a fairly pretty to look at exploration experience. Yeah, yeah. One you might tire of. Some might tire of. Right. <laughs> and so to bring this into a landing. Yeah. Is that No Man's Sky has no teleology? Mm-hmm. It's a tech demo. Yeah, that's its teleology. Absolutely right. That's why it was created to show off the tech. Mm. So the only way that you're going to get anything good out of it is if you put something good into it, and that's why the fanboys friggin' love it, and the other people that are expecting something different from it don't love it. It's it it's a strong theory. Mm. I like it. Very much so. So just quickly before you close up here, just remind people what what we're looking at here. With this is this is a this is a a topic within a genre based out of the Revenge uh, Voyage of the Geek uh, Mindomo mind map, which is essentially our visual depiction of the show notes and the discussion topics and interest areas and things like that. And so basically people will be able to log into here using the uh, using the link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. They can log straight into here and or go to there. They don't need to be a member of Mindomo or anything no. like that. They can just go there and they can click on these links, some of which will send them into a video or it might be a document or a wiki page mm-hmm. or whatever. And slowly over time we're going to build these – this matrix of information up, um, and we've we've already looked at drones. We've looked at Ghostbusters twenty sixteen extensively. 
Um, and that will build, but it'll also start to network across mm. each other and things like that, yeah. which which makes this a really good platform to do that as well. Yeah. So so that's the deal. And I suppose, yeah, we're building our theory of fanboys and haters or something or other. I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, so that's all there. And um, you can go and check that out. There's loads more articles and there's loads more videos and stuff that I didn't actually show and you can go and check those out. All right, I suppose that's me done with um, – I've got one last link here, which we will probably pick up. This is the sort of a where to next. Yep. Blue Poles will be the next. Are you familiar with Blue Poles? The the, um, the famous painting. I think it cost the Australian government $4 million Yep. in the mid-'80s. Blue Poles. It's huge. Have you stood near it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, what is it, yeah. about 10 metres long? Something like that. It's about three metres high, and yeah. it was, it's a Pollock. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so this will this – will, um, Key into our um, theory that we've just been talking about, um, where we, I suppose, are going to be starting to get into art. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And That's is, our forte, this- our our sphere of um, uh, passionate knowledge and expertise. Absolutely. All right, so that's me done. All right. Well, I've got last weekend. Um, we had technical. We we. We had technical issues with the show and that f- forced us to sort of retake the show. But we also had had uh, planned, and we still haven't gotten around to it, but we will be having a look at Batman versus Superman. And um, we've got a nice 3D version there of the um, of the director's cut, the special edition mm-hmm. that we're going to have a look at. Um, but what we're going to sh- what we're actually going to have a look at today are these two lists. That I've come across, thanks to our friends at the Hollywood Reporter, who seem we're, they're not a sponsor, but <laughs> but somehow we we seem to be we seem to end up back at their site quite a bit, and and I found that their their articles are pretty good. Uh-huh. They're not too bad. So what I've found, this is all forty five Marvel movies ranked worst to best, mm, and there's okay. a there's forty five, uh, most of which people wouldn't even know exist, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to look at it. <clears throat> Side by side with Ooh. all 35 DC comic movies ranked worst to best. <laughs> now, what's really cool is that these two lists are compiled by the two by the same three gentlemen. Excellent. Gentlemen, I think the gentlemen, unless – oh, no, they might not be gentlemen at all. It could be one John and a Leslie could be female and Jordan could be female, so who knows. Mm. I don't know. But these are three um, reviewers slash journos, shall we say, uh, with The Hollywood Reporter. And they're pretty good lists. So we have to start out with Marvel being 45. Mm, we need okay. to get down to 35 and then what we'll do is we'll look at the list together. Okay. Um, and we won't spend a lot of time on these things um, unless it's called for. So the very first off the list, ever seen it? No. Me neither. Me neither. Produced in the thick of the pre-MCU Marvel boom time. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a little known film so little known that i have no idea where it came from and uh, and who did it but i am going to i'm going to look at this list a little bit more detail down the track because i found a lot of really interesting cool stuff in it then we jump to captain america and as a heading you think oh my god 44 a captain america with the 150 million they spent on it or whatever yep but of course we're talking about the uh, um, the yugoslavian version <laughs> <laughs> It says they're 1990. I somehow managed to miss the 1990 Yugoslavian version of Captain America. I don't know how that could have happened. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a little. Well, 
Why do our Yugoslavian cousins want Captain America? It's it's not so much the Don't um, they have Captain Yugoslav. It was produced in in Yugoslavia, yeah. right? But it was actually created by two two brothers. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a uh, there's two brothers, not brothers, cousins, mm-hmm. um, in Tel Aviv, late seventies. Okay. They get an idea. They, they they make films in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. They they they're filmmakers. One's a producer, is a money man, is a real um, knows how to get things done, mm-hmm. especially on the cheap. Okay. Then you've got a director who just loves directing, loves creativity, and doesn't mind that he has to get it done on the cheap. Okay, match made in heaven. <laughs> to to such a degree that they crank these things out at a great rate of knots. They just work a formula out, and they're very quite successful. So they they earn a bit of money. Mm-hmm. They go to the mm-hmm. states. They buy a. Um, a film company mm-hmm. called Canon, Canon Films, and and this guy here, Golan, mm-hmm. and there's another gentleman that I'm s- just holding on this for a second because I'm giving you a heads up that I'm going to do a said segment, maybe not next week, but at some time in the near future because I find their story fascinating. A documentary came out recently, and it's called Electric Boogaloo. Okay. Um, and it's got a byline. I just can't remember it word for word. And it's about these two guys, mm-hmm. and that they and that they got to such a state that they were they were cranking out forty Hollywood films a year. Wow! Now in those, most of those were terrible. Right? It was in the eighties. <laughs> on a week. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. At one point, it was a, one a week. Right? Yeah. Um, these guys were the ones that brought us the Chuck Norris film. Okay, the Chuck Norris film. Yeah, the stereo- like Lone Wolf McQuaid and and um, um, was it? There's there's a series of ones he did as a as an ex Green Beret okay. Vietnam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Prisoner of War. Um, and he breaks out and he goes back and saves his mates in the Prisoner of War and called Call of Duty. No, Call of Action. Something. Ah, oh, I'll I'll bring it up as a list. This mm-hmm. is going to be a whole segment for me. Mm-hmm. But anyway. That's that. That actually explains this, mm-hmm. and the reason why he's been referred to as a mogul. Mm-hmm. These guys are crazy. The amount of films that they created: John Claude Van Damme, uh, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, all those. Okay, that's them. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's major so- exploitation stuff, including this. <clears throat> they bought the rights to Captain America. Mm-hmm. They actually owned the rights to mm-hmm. Captain America at one point. Mm-hmm. But we'll come back there. Um, How the Duck. Never managed to see that one. George Lucas. Uh, George Lucas is the man responsible for How the Duck. And I believe Ron Howard. Not too sure about Ron Howard. But George Lucas um, was definitely um, Howard the Duck. And How the Duck got a cameo, a cameo in... Phantom Menace says Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> no, well, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely. There's some similarities. He was in a one of the cages in the Guardians movie. They go, okay, yeah, they go to this collector. Okay, um, and he collects things, and <laughs> okay. one of the cages is Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay, it's because he's a Marvel character. Yeah, this, okay. he's a Marvel. He's a Marvel comic. Okay, um, Fantastic Four. This is, and we're at 42. Okay, now that's pretty new, pretty it's, recent, yeah. and pretty low. And, yeah, very low in the list, <clears throat> absolutely. I thought that, that this film missed an opportunity. Um, Do we to, know what criteria they're marking marking it on? Is it on box office and critical Metacritic reviews, or is it what? It is on, um, 
Uh, there is a it qualifies it maybe at the bottom. Um, All right. I think it's I think it's success. Okay. In, which is both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rather than financial success. Okay. So you were saying they missed an opportunity. Uh, definitely missed an opportunity with this film um, to go on and do more films. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing to come out of it is the Captain America was the flame, the human torch in that film, and mm-hmm. and someone gave him a second life, and mm-hmm. he'd be he'd be happy about that. Mm-hmm. But I thought, yeah, definitely missed an opportunity with that film. Electra, did you have you ever seen it? I think I have, but it's one of those not memorable things, unfortunately. Jennifer Garner is pretty awesome, She's I cool. reckon. Yeah, um, and Electra as a character, I've got one of these um, um, graphic novels that I've got to rebuy. I've got a couple of these stories where I'd loaned a graphic novel to one of my bloody mates. Yeah, I didn't give it back. Mm. And anyway, yeah, one of them's an Electra one. Yeah, she's a she's a good hero. And I don't know, I don't know why that one didn't kick on. Uh, I don't think it was a. Didn't that come out after Daredevil or just after, as like a spinoff from Daredevil? Yeah, they. She was in the Daredevil movie, I believe. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and I got a feeling she died in it. Yeah. I think they killed her in it. Again, I can't remember. Um, but she, yeah, I. I th- I feel, got a feeling she was first, and oh. that movie was first, and then the oh. Daredevil one came after it. Okay, because there were—I think there was a reason why it was a thing that she was in it, because we already sort of knew who she was. Jennifer Garner was perfect for Alan's. Can't even read. Um, ass kicker with a conscience, but was woefully miscast as the Greek assassin love interest. Love interest for Frank Miller, created for his Daredevil comics. Oh. Um, okay. Having made her part uh, of the m- misbegotten Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie, producers doubled down uh, on the error. So she must have come after it. Mm. She must have been a bit part in the original Daredevil movie mm. and then she got her own mm. jersey. Didn't they marry each other, Ben Affleck and her? No, I don't know. I thought they did. And what I, <laughs> what I love about this is that beat the other <laughs> 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 I was thinking to myself, anything that cheesy, yeah. yet it's this, this uncanny yeah. valley thing, you know, once you get further, far enough away, yep. you can start to sympathise a little bit more, far enough away from, I don't know what, good quality or, yeah. I don't know, authenticity perhaps, I don't know. There, it, just one frame s- sums up this piece. And I love the red, the little red dots in the background, yeah. those little lights. There must be a computer back there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Some, yeah. With that computer noise that <laughs> yeah, you hear yeah. in sci-fi <laughs> movies. Um, this is compelling. Like this frame is compelling enough for me to want to yeah, – yeah. I've got to see a bit. Yeah. So so I, I am going to do that. I'm going to try and dig this movie up and have a look at it. 1994, which is a terrible time for film, where you come out of the 80s, freedom of the 80s and being able to get away with anything on screen mm. – and then we're marching to a much – people just got smart quick mm, and green screen and things like that, you know, and so you've got these ones that are trying to keep up with Terminator and – I always – my big thing for these movies is how they interpret the costumes, yes, right? Because yeah. in the comic book they're drawn with shiny spandex, you know, costumes. So, you know, then in the movie they think, well, we have to put them in shiny spandex costumes. Yeah. You know, Um yeah, I much prefer the later interpretations of what the costumes look like. Absolutely. I think these guys are still in the first iteration of their first 
Brave way. Yeah, yeah. He'll like be- imagine imagine he's, any of these guys being told that this is what they're going to wear and white gloves. <laughs> yeah, what? They're butlers or something yeah, yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And they're the special white gloves too. <laughs> um, another Fantastic Four, which is – oh, no, this is the original. The other one was oh, the sequel. Jeez. Must have been the sequel. Oh, no, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one – 2015 doesn't sound right. I'm all out of whack here. This one sounds – this is the original, Mm. right, which isn't – that's the one that I think it probably missed an opportunity to Mm. really take off as a franchise. Um, And it got the nail in the coffin. I'm I'm guessing this is the second second one. Mm. I think Unless so. they've doubled it up. I just can't work out why it's 2015. Did we have a, oh, this is the shitty Fantastic Four that came out last year. Most people didn't even bother going to watch it. Am I right? Can you remember? Uh, no. I th- I'm going to look into that one because I think that's the one that came out last year. They, they absolutely did its ass as far as money. Mm. Right? They spent a fortune on it mm. and, and it didn't even go close. Um, because this one is the first one. Um, with Jessica Alba and, mm-hmm. of course, Captain America here. Mm. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. Do you ever watch that film? Not me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about the, the Punisher. But in this one, for me, there wasn't enough. I was expecting more. Um, punishing? <laughs> more punishing, yeah. Um I didn't think the character looked like what I imagined the character was. Now, this is after me earlier complaining about wearing stupid spandex costumes, but doesn't he meant to have a big skull on his thing? And he didn't like, I don't think he like had any of that. Yeah. It was like super toned down. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, from my memory, from my memory, it's, well, it was a bit forgettable. Straight to video. Yeah. Uh, 1989. Anything straight to video in the 80s. Yeah. Ooh, bit on the nose. <laughs> Yeah. You know, cult. The best hope you can be. have is is cult. This looks like a um, a sequel, a Ghost Rider sequel, Nicolas Cage sequel. Um, now I happen to know. I believe it's a Nick Cage movie. A lot of fun can be had from a review of the Nick Cage Ghostbuster. Ah, Ghostbuster, Ghost Rider. Oh yeah. Um. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty crazy. A terrible film. Terrible. Yes. Really, when I really say crazy. Film. I meant terrible. And so far, um, everything we've seen, we've got Fantastic Four, Rise Again. of the Silver Surfer. This this is the sequel. Mm. The sequel outdid in this mm. list the the uh, the first episode. Mm-hmm. I think they probably got that right. Mm, yeah, I agree. I think yeah. the list, the creators of this list got that right. Um I thought it was a more compelling piece. Um good. Good versus evil was there. The only downside was the the um, omnipotent uh, earth crushing sort of force that it never it ex- never came across. Never that, explained. No, nah, yeah, and it yeah, never really yeah. came across as such. You know, it it was such a small part of the film and and an important part of the <clears> film <throat> because it was the the antagonist. But yeah, I think it lost a lot of the cheese that the first one might have been uh, yeah. falling into. Yeah, which granted some some more credit. Some, there's, this is the one you were talking about. Yeah. Um, again, you know we were talking about No Man's Sky where it's a tech demo, yeah. right? So it's this fantastic visual experience with nothing really behind it is the complaint. And it's the same with Ghost Rider here. The, the, the reviews that I've seen of it, you know, they talk about how fantastic 
freaking amazing the bloody special effects are. Yeah. But you then bolt that on to a crappy, crappy story with a shitty, awful script. It's, it's like, terrible performance as well. Oh, yeah, and terrible performance. Yeah. It's like, and it always that that always amazes me because I think the gameplay and the story. Those are the ones that you can't get wrong. Yeah. Because if you had a cartoon version mm. or a stick figure version, but you had an awesome story, it's yeah. much more compelling than yeah. the other way around. Absolutely. Where you have a visual spectacular, but it, you don't care about anything that's yep. in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at, look at the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at the characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know stuff about the, these are puppets, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how that's how important story is because if you get narrative right, if you get the importance that Miss Piggy's in love with Kermit, mm. yeah, mm. Um, that that um, that Gonzo is friendly with chickens, that the <laughs> yeah. the, the Swedish chef, you know, they all have, you know what I mean. And then we believe, you know, mm. we're we're engaged, we're on board. Mm. But yeah, you're right. Um, it's a great example of of not giving a damn about narrative. Okay, so we're up to uh, – here we go. <clears throat> so level pegging it with Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, right, we've, <laughs> we've got parody. We've achieved. In the uh, Marvel so, – so we've just been looking at the um, um, DC, the Marvel Universe. Now we're in the DC. I had to check because these two films – if you were to back me into a corner and say, which of these two films is uh, DC, I wouldn't be able to tell you because one is Shaquille O'Neal, the basketballer, in some kind of Iron Man suit. Why? <laughs> I love this sentence. Remember that brief moment when Hollywood thought they could make Shaquille O'Neal a movie star? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> was, I think he was a genie no, I don't, one or something. I don't remember that moment. It was a terrible time. Um, so, yes, uh, 1997, uh, audiences endured Shaquille O'Neal in some kind of metal suit as a superhero. I don't know about the character. I've never really uh, – I didn't even know this was a thing until I looked at this list. Yep. Have you ever seen anything like that? Well, it's Robocop, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the Robocop stand-in, <laughs> absolutely. It no. looks like they've ripped the costume design straight from Robocop. Look, um, I don't profess to be a master at these things, but I don't even know if that's the name of the character yeah. or, or no. what. So no, Steel. No, I don't know. So 34 in our list. We have Daredevil. Daredevil up against? Up against Jonah Hex. This is being touted. Jonah Hex has been touted as um, the almost, it was almost the last nail in his Coffin as an actor, he'd done a couple of poor performances um, leading up to it. He was always capable of great things, but this film was absolutely terrible and they spent a fortune on it. Um, I've never sat through it. I've never even heard of it. I've watched some sequences and I, it, it, it was a visceral portrayal of my senses is all I can say. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil, on the other hand, it was, um, it was an interesting superhero film. Mm. Um, which is probably another difference between these two. This is distinctly a superhero film. Um, and what they did with the visual sound I thought was interesting. Yeah, so yeah. from a visual effects standpoint, it had some really interesting stuff in it. And the bad guy was really good. Um, Duncan, the guy that was in Green Mile, big tall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can only vaguely remember it. But I thought it was 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty reasonable example of some of the stuff that was going on around about that time. Yeah, and a good example of how the hell do I make that? Because that's mm. in the comic. Mm. That's sort of what it looks mm. like in the comic. How do I make that real on mm. screen for a um, for a two thousand and three audience? Yeah, that's got to be difficult. So, next one: Catwoman versus Punisher. You know, I haven't seen Catwoman, but I understand that this Catwoman was pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, the CG was terrible. Um, they were able to get away with some uncanny valley stuff because she's got a mask on, mm-hmm. right? And as soon as you cover those eyes up, you can get away with. Mm-hmm. But um, and when I say that, she was there was a lot of digital doubles. That's oh, that's okay. the point I'm trying to make. And so the uncanny valley wasn't the problem. The problem was the full body animation of mm-hmm. her crawling. Up across ceilings uh, and that's part down of the uncanny walls. valley, man. It's movement as well as yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. and everything. You know, it was um, it was terrible mm. as a as an execution. Um, it was terrible. Halle Berry's great. She, might, yeah, we should go and have a look at some of these um, in more detail. And and we will. I'm I'm entering these these two lists in into the ledger form for further further discussion because I'd like to look at some of the budgets and some of the. Um, some of the directors as well. Mm. Some of these films, um, Punisher. This looks like a sequel, um, and I've never seen it. Have you seen it? I've never no. really followed the Punisher series. No, I might have seen one of them. I think is coming up here in a moment. Um, this one. I got into this Punisher, um, and couldn't work out what what type of movie it was. Mm. I didn't really know what I was getting as I'm watching it. Mm. You know, I had a fair idea who the Punisher was. I knew the law slightly, not to a great degree, but, you know, I just didn't get it in the film. Um, John Travolta was the uh, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, some weird – there were some weird moments in it, weird acting decisions, and I remember I sort of checked out halfway through it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Swamp thing. Did you get into your swamp movies? <laughs> No, I can't say that I did. Um, Heather Locklear replacing. Yeah. Um, replacing the first outings. Adriana uh, Barbeau. Barbeau, who received a Razzie for her efforts. Razzie being the, the anti-award system. Uh, that yeah. That one looks like it's bad enough to be good. Yeah, you know, it falls yeah. into that zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those, um, some of those B grade horror swamp movies that yeah. were interesting. Yeah. Superman Four: Quest for Peace <laughs> versus Blade Trinity. Jump the shark! Oh, they definitely jumped the shark. Um, by the time they got to, su- and I've got a feeling this could be also a Go Go Brothers, Go Go Boys, canon film. Ah, uh, right, okay. They bought the rights after the one, two, and three mm-hmm. um, and turned it into some weird stuff. Like she's in space. That's space. Yes. No, yes. There's no space suit there. Space. I was thinking to myself, yeah. you know, you think about, yeah. That's the, Superman. The, the depiction of space yeah. uh, these days, you wouldn't. Yeah. But we can we can forgive Superman, like, not having a space suit. Yeah? Yeah, because she's, he's Superman. And he, she's human. He can do anything. As far as I'm aware, I she's- always thought that Superman was a bit OP. Yeah, a bit overpowered. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. 
the only thing that can stop him is kryptonite. And for some reason, and I think, and don't quote me on this because I don't know, but I think he gathered up all the kryptonite and put it somewhere and now he's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blade. Okay, Blade Trinity. Yes. I stopped at Blade Duality. Blade 2 is where I think I stopped. I don't think I made it to Blade Trinity. Trinity um, from, so yeah, Trinity was 3, yeah? Yeah. 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 So um, this would be the one that I think had Ryan Gosling, uh, not Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Character in it and her. Mm. Um, it's the Blade movies did a pretty good job of capturing those com- comics. Um, the Daywalker thing and the and the the private world of the vampires and this sort of stuff. They weren't bad films. I don't know when they were made, but they, they seem to me to be fitting nicely into that era, that that 80s, late 80s, 90s. You would think so. Genre. 2004. That, that one's the, 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 the Trinity, think, but the other ones. The original Blade, I think, was about 90, 98. Yeah, it kind of feels, yeah. well, maybe that's a little bit later than what I'm thinking. Yeah, but right. it sort of feels like that sort of. It was the genre. first, um, it was the first DVD I, I purchased. Oh, right. I bought was Blade Trinity. Mm. Um, X-Men, Last Stand. Versus Superman two, uh, Superman, <laughs> Superman three. three. Superman three is that crazy film with Richard Pryor in it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Richard Pryor works out. Uh, he's a he's a computer whiz, <laughs> which is yeah. depicted in the film in a really weird way when you look at it now. It's just terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's hacking into you know something, um, steals all this money, and then gets blackmailed by the arch nemesis. The, the bad guy in the film blackmails him into helping him create a, a machine that is powerful enough to defeat Superman. Okay. That's the premise of Superman 3. Not the best Superman film. Um, Christopher Reeve's great. Always good, always good in the role. Um, but yeah, a crazy piece of cinema, man. <laughs> crazy piece of cinema. There's a sequence right at the end where the bad guy's sister it's crazy, like a really reminds you of a 1940s East German school teacher, you know. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Gruff and, you know. Yeah. Um, she gets in the wrong place at the wrong time and bits of computer start mag- magnetically locking onto her until she becomes a robot because that's how it works. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the that's the the crescendo of the film. It's it's a very poor piece of it's it's bizarre cinema. because I think that genre, the campy superhero genre, that's gone. Yeah. It's all hardcore now, it's right? Serious stuff, right? Man. It's serious stuff. Dark Knight like, took it there. Wonder Woman is it like prancing no. around at No way. She's gonna kill you. <laughs> and people <laughs> you know? are getting killed. Like <laughs> Superman's killing people, Batman's killing people. That's right. In the last film. Yeah. Um they're taking this stuff pretty serious. And yeah. and Wolverine, he's stabbing mm. anyone he can find. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty dark stuff. You certainly can't get away with this that anymore. Superman cheese. doesn't even wear his undies on the outside anymore. It's yeah, like no, he's in a it's, it's carbon, fiber-y, carbon woven yeah, yeah. sort of full body piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at one point, they weren't even going to give him a, a cape. Mm, at some point, yeah, there would have been an uproar. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, X Men: Last Stand. That's a good film. That's mm. not bad. It's a it's a time travel thing. Okay, I didn't see X-Men last turned. It's... I'm, I, I think 
when you get to time travel, you you run out of options. Yeah. Okay. So start with Batman. Yeah. The first thing that Batman does is he he stops bank robbers. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Then he saves. So he saves the bank. Yeah. Then he saves the city. Then he saves the country. Yeah. He saves the world. And then he has to go back in time for some reason. Because well, there's nothing left to say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You know, what I'd like to see, and I don't know if anybody else would agree with me, but I'd like to see a Batman movie where he stops bank robbers. Yeah, yeah. Where you just go back down yeah. and he's just on the case stopping some bank robbers. Which, anyway. which is coincidentally the Dark Knight where the, the Joker – He's a bank robber. He's yeah, quite yeah, literally yeah. Right. robbing a bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Tone that's it down. It yeah. close. It's that's the yeah. closest. But yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dark stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, arguably the worst, my um, uh, X Men or X Men spin off film mm. is Wolverine. Mm. Did you see it? No, but With the samurai thing going on, and the, oh no, no, this is not the samurai. That's the second Wolverine movie. No. There's the okay. first Wolverine movie has him living in the mountains with yeah. some wife, and she gets killed and turns him into a crazy man, and all sorts of stuff. It's it's it just didn't hit the mark. It, it's got a it's got a poor. Its plot was a little bit poor. The mm-hmm. execution was. He's always good in the role, but yeah, there was something about the film that didn't quite. Gel mm-hmm. and some of the visual effects were terrible, mm-hmm. really okay. bad. Um, Batman versus Robin. This is, of course, the famous bat nipples <laughs> on the suits <laughs> that um, George Clooney openly says how not proud he is of 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 this particular film. This one's a bit of a hybrid, I feel. It's like, you know, we've got those cheesy ones that we were talking about with the cheesy Superman, the yep. sort of a campy Superman. Mm. These ones, when they get into this zone, they're, they're heading towards the darker, more serious stuff, but they've still got a little bit of cheese yeah, left yeah. in the mix. Absolutely. Right? A little bit of campy Absolutely. stuff is still left in there. And it's the same with all of those early, um, <clears throat> you know, 80s, 90s Batman films. Mm. Is, is There's enough cheese in there. There's one that's terrible, the one with Arnie in it, yeah, which yeah, I think is this one. I'm thinking. Uh, I think it had like Alicia Steel yeah. Silverstone as Batgirl. Um, it had Arnie as the Freeze. Yeah. It had um, Jim Carrey. Yeah, and Uma Thurman yeah. as Poison Ivy. Yeah. yeah, all in the one film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least I think. They're, so they got a bit blurry at towards yeah. the end there. Yeah. But the original with Michael Keaton. Yeah. With Jack Nicholson as the. Yeah. That was a good film. That's what I'm saying. Back Wasn't to bad, the was back it? to the bank robber. Just tone it down. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Show us some bad guys. Show us some good guys. Absolutely. You know, have them. Yeah. Okay. Very non eighties that film. The the original Batman. It was. It could have easily fit into the nineties. That's the original Blade, mm-hmm. up against Batman Forever. Val Kilmer mm-hmm. as Batman. Um, he was he he probably could have pulled off the superhero, but certainly let himself go over the. Last few years, it's almost unrecognizable now. Mm. Val Kilmer, um, but yeah, a very, uh, a very interesting. Nineteen ninety five versus ninety eight, the Blade. So this is the original Blade. I thought the original Blade was a great piece of cinema, and if they had a left it there, mm. yeah, it would have just sat in the landscape as a great, great uh, piece of cinema. Alan McKay, um, the particle. That particle process when a vampire gets taken out and they mm-hmm. 
they disseminate into mm-hmm. particles and flames, little embers and stuff. Mm. He had a lot to do with that, no, developing right. the pipeline and developing the actual look and feel of that. Interesting. Um, he's very heavily recognised for contributing to that. And he was only very young at the mm. time. Spider-Man up against the losers. Now, the losers, I ha- I can't tell you anything about the losers at all. I don't know. What, have you ever heard of it? No. So. 2010? Yeah. No, I have never heard of it. it no idea. So I'm going to revisit it. I'm going to I'm gonna pull it out of the archive and, and, um, and see what it's all about because it, it fascinates me that it's there in the list. That okay, it's, so that it's yeah, ahead of a, of a ahead of a lot of other stuff. It, no, I don't know whether this other stuff is very good. No, it's mm. not. Um, so mm. I don't know. Are we? Is this where we're starting to see some some decent decisions being made? Um, we're not halfway through. But yeah, Spider Man Three is where that franchise jumped the shark. Mm. It started to get silly. Mm. <laughs> it started to get really silly um, in Spider Man Three. Spider Man Two is where they sort of hit their mm. hit their pinnacle. I mm. think. I think that yeah, mm. that's a good pattern for a lot of things. Raimi is um he's an interesting director. He's he did uh, Evil Dead and oh did he? Yeah yeah he's done some stuff that you wouldn't realise is the same guy that did the, the Spider Man films. Oh. Um we might revisit Sam Raimi down the track. Green Lantern versus Thor: The Dark World. Well, Green Lantern probably the the go to example of how not to do a modern, mm. big-budget mm. superhero film. Would you agree it's that special effects over yeah. substance? Absolutely, even to the point where they cut his head off mm. and and the body in the suit was never him, oh, ever. Right. It was all CG. From the head up was him. Okay. And then any time we saw that suit, it wasn't him. Mm. Um. And it got it looked a bit ridiculous. There were some things in it that were interesting, but I don't know. The Green Lantern as a hero, I've always had a little trouble here and there. Sometimes I get on board and then I'm sort of lost a little bit. It's this intergalactic thing. It's very alien. The the lore and the story and these guardians and this planet of guardians and I've tried to watch some of the some of the the comic book movies, the mm-hmm. Green Lantern comic book movies, and I just can't engage. There's nothing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, <laughs> I don't know. But sometimes it's about if you wear if you hold this thing, you are great, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it, isn't it? Like it's a ring. Mm-hmm. Like if he doesn't have the ring, he's just a dude, isn't he? Uh yeah. As far as I know. I think that's it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to engage. Mm. You know, it's it's not like Superman who's always Superman. It's mm. not like Batman who's always Batman. This yeah. guy's got a ring that makes him super. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Thor Dark World was uh, the pulling back of a franchise from the precipice because the first Thor, to me, looked like a – Refugee from the disco seventies, <laughs> like a Earth, Wind, and Fire video is what it looked. You know those grand halls with everyone wearing the weird. You know it's all mirrored and. Is that part of the Thor law? I don't know. I, don't I know. only know him from like the sidekick that turns up in somebody else's movie, in somebody else's yeah, comics yeah, yeah. adventure. And he just hangs around and says things and donks somebody in the head, and then he's done. 
Yeah. And then when I sort of first saw these movies, I'm like, what? There's this fourth dimension with all of these yeah. things and it looks yeah. a bit like Rivendell or something or other. And yeah. I'm like. Yeah. And and these this? are real gods and, and yeah. so dad's a god and the brother's a god, mum's a, mum's a god. And then there's that kind of mixing technology and magic-y stuff together and yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the first movie, oh no, the the first movie, the two things I had a problem with was how they portrayed his his world mm-hmm. was too disco seventies, and then they built this sort of purpose built town to shoot in in the middle of nowhere that it looked like card it almost looked like cardboard like back like the way they used to do the old westerns okay. with just the facades uh-huh. of buildings and things like that. And it just looked terrible. It just looked too localized. There's no, there's no sprawl. There was nothing, you know. Mm. Yet there was a, a bakery and a store and a, you know, garage and all these buildings, but they were only on the one street. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. just felt terrible mm. to me. They turned it around with this. This was a good superhero film. Mm. They had a good bad guy. The action was good. Um, even Loki came in and he helped out the scene, but then ultimately be- betrayed and set up the next movie and all this stuff. So this movie brought. Brought it back for me. So what am I going to do? Um, we're going to jump down to the top ten. Cool. Just in the. Uh, oh, this is a pretty good reference list. In the name of time, it's a great double list of um, really cool stuff. Is there a black and white one? Where is it? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Superman and the Mole <laughs> Men was better than Red uh, Two. I love the Red movies. I think they're great. Um, Swamp Thing, look at this one, <laughs> Robin's Big Date. Um, Supergirl was terrible. She, she was, I don't know where she came from as an actress, but she, she, I don't think she did much more. Um, Constantine, didn't, oh, yeah. didn't know that was a, uh, mm-hmm. um, a DC property. All right, so Superman in the moment. I mean, I love a good yeah, a movie from the 1950s, a sci-fi movie from the 1950s. It was, it was the, I think it was the TV people mm-hmm. presented as a theatrical feature. Okay. Wow. That's pretty cool. So it was, it was a uh, it was a movie-length oh, yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, I've heard about the TV series, and I think actually the TV series gets quite high ratings as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This guy was in the TV series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this is, again, a bit more of an era when the – when he's stopping bank robbers, not yeah. fighting the intergalactic crime. Sp- space theories yeah. from the fourth dimension. Yeah, not crime, not world yeah, domination. Yeah, more down that crime end. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yep, cool. Um, there's a couple of animated pieces here and there. Um, Red, they, these are great. If you've not if you've not seen Red, no. um, definitely have a look at it. Um, Ex-CIA people um, that retire, uh-huh. but you never really retire when you're that level of uh-huh. trained killer. Yep. She's an assassin in it. She's a pommy um, sniper. But it's, it's cr- really funny, really witty, mm. lots of good action sequences. It's really good. And the second one's just as good. A lot of it takes place in uh, in Russia. This is uh, Superman Returns. Uh, I've got some inside goss on that particular film. They shot that in Sydney. Um, Batman the movie, this is based on the, the original TV ABC TV show. So, yes, this is not – this would have been the last sort of outing for this for these guys before they went to the um, traditional Batman, which does get a – let's come down here before we might have to come back. 
Oh, we might have missed it, actually. I might have zipped past it. But the Batman film based on the TV series, maybe that's it. It is. It is. It's it's the Adam West. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Have you ever seen this one? Oh, yeah. Where he's running around with the bomb? Yeah. <laughs> it's classic. It's the only one. You, one of the things that you remember is running around and <laughs> can't get rid of the damn bomb. <laughs> it's brilliant. Okay, <laughs> so let's drop to the top ten. Uh, Lego Movie episode two animated films, which is great for the uh, for the number ten position. Big Hero Six, which is a Disney. Um, this is a Disney produced property, but obviously a Marvel um, owned mm-hmm. um, IP. Brilliant piece of um, animated film. Lego Movie. Have you, did you ever catch the Lego Movie? I haven't seen Lego Movie. Yet. You should see it so that you've got good premise watching the. Um, the new one coming out, which is mm. the Batman Lego movie. Mm. And Batman's a character in this film. Yeah, yeah. So, number nine, Avengers Age of Ultron up against Superman 2. Superman 2 exists in two forms. Oh. Yes. And I think it might even exist in two forms. It does in this list. Ah, oh, right. Superman 2, which is the version that most people would know that got wrestled away from the director who shot one and two concurrently, shot them at the same time. Okay. With Marlon Brando and, yep. you know, yeah? Yep. He, so he shot two films concurrently at the same time but then got taken off the film before the second one was released mm-hmm. and and fully edited and finished because the guy, the, the crazy producer guys, which is another story, I don't think it's the same producers. I'm going to have to look into that actually. Um, they They sacked Dick Donner. And Dick Donner is this great – Richard Donner is a fantastic director. He went on to do all the Lethal Weapon films and mm-hmm. he's just a really good director for popcorn films and mm-hmm. that's what Superman was. So anyway, in whilst this other guy and he had to pick it up and this is the product here with the three alien uh, – the three crypto, Kryptonians out of the come and wage revenge on Superman in Earth's background. This is the Superman 2 Dick Donner cut. Which I've got. Right. I'll lend it to you on I the way out the I've door, man. You've got to see it. One. It's a different film. Yeah, right. This is the way he actually meant the film to be. Right. Okay. Interesting. It's wholesale changes because he shot the shit. Mm-hmm. So that so it existed. He mm-hmm. palled up with one of the associate producers from the original days mm-hmm. and got access to all the film. So he actually cut the film together with stuff you've never seen. Interesting. Okay. And it beats the other one. Beats mm-hmm. the other version. Age of Ultron, what do you think? Age of Ultron. Ah, uh, yeah, um, it's pretty to look at. Yeah, that's what I was sort of thinking. Mm. Of. You know, it's another one of those ones where I think it's more pretty to look at than story, character. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it was a recruiting device as well. They're 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 collecting new heroes and new people to the Avengers program, mm. and yeah, I mean it's a weird. Ultra, the Ultron story is weird mm. when you look into the law. Mm. There's been departures out of the law, into the laws, all over the place. Um, if you read the Michael Douglas character, this professor from Ant Man, mm-hmm. apparently built Ultron in the original law of Ultron. Okay. Not in this film. Okay. Um, and it's more related to Tony Stark. Right. And, and, um, Basically, the Ultron character in this film looks at Tony Stark as almost like a father figure, sort uh-huh. of that that his his being is only possible because of Tony Stark, sort of thing. But he hates him at the same time, and it's personal. And anyway, um, yeah, I think it struggled a little bit narratively, but beautifully stunning to look at. 
mm. and some really cool sequences in it. Real, really cool <clears throat> comic book. There's a few frames. And, well, I say a few. There's a lot of frames in that film. You could freeze it on any frame, man, and it's a panel out of a comic mm. book. Some crazy stuff. That shot right at the very start where all of the heroes are in the forest and there's it's all one sequence. Mm-hmm. Start to finish, ah, it's yeah, all one yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a still frame where they're all sort of level pegging as the, one's leaping something, one's okay. flying yeah. through, one's just jumped off this. And in this perfect frame, it's 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 a comic book frame. Yeah. And there's a lot of those frames in that film. Somebody's put some effort into the storyboards. Absolutely. Ant-Man versus uh, Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. This is a great film. I touched on it before, but this um, I felt was a, a – a, a nice injection into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I thought it needed a little bit of lightheartedness, a little bit of of, uh, of comedy timing and humour. Haven't seen Ant Man, but as you as we were saying earlier, they it's been pretty dark. Mm. It, it's certainly a darker version mm. um, of your average uh, film, but it's a little lighter in in mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original Batman with Michael Keaton. And Jack Nicholson. I think we've said it before, it was a fairly straight movie. Yep. Um, and probably starts to set the pace for this darker, more serious version, yeah. set yeah. the, I don't know, stage. Well, as far as I'm aware, and I'm not much of a DC man, mm. but apparently that's where Batman started. Mm. Very dark. Super, super dark. Mm. Um, I don't think it, the Adam West cheesy no. comedy kids show yeah. is not where... Not at all. Not with a dark night. Yeah. Dark night, you know. Absolutely. It's always been about fear and and um, and back alleys and things like that and dark. It's all about night. Original X-Men, I thought it was a good film. This, this to me, was the first real superhero film um, executed really well mm. in the modern, you know, post-80s. Yeah. Um, I thought it – I thought it – it set up a hero, you know, it created some heroes. Mm. And the fact that an Aussie was playing Wolverine was always good. You sort of, mm. you you won the hearts of an entire nation mm. there and then because we don't mind this guy. X-Men 2 actually jumps in front of X-Men 1. Mm. Um, and there's some interesting stuff going on in this film, but I don't know whether it's any better or worse than the, the original. I, I felt they were a pretty good pair. Yeah. And um, you know, it's what I think it's one of those cases where they sort of they set the stage, yeah. and then they know what they're doing, and then they go on and do the second one. Yeah, get the it, formula right. Yeah, yeah, and they can then tweak the formula. I think that's a case where that worked really well. Yeah, mm. Dark Knight Rises, the uh, the last of the uh, Batman trilogy um, for uh, Bale, Christian Bale and Co. Not a bad film. I yeah. thought the – what do you think of the nemesis? What do you think of Bane? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was pretty – and, again, that goes back to my preference of the bank robber yeah. story. Yeah. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's just the heist, you know. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. want this we, – we're going we're gonna to plunder this yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I thought his, his voice was a little hard to get used to, but mm. um, I like Tom Hardy. Mm. I think he's a great actor. Mm. I think he, he's capable. And of he didn't really seem cool to stuff. me to be a mustache twirling bad no, guy. No, you know? he was a badass. Yeah, yeah, but he's not like, um, like obviously this is the bad guy. Mm. You know, he's a bit more of a mixed bag. Yeah, you know, and you and it's a lot more difficult to 
Yeah, peg him as the bad guy. So, mm. yeah, it makes it a bit more interesting that way. Yeah, they did a good job with him. So we've got Spider-Man. This will be the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, 2002. That was a bit groundbreaking, I think. Definitely. CG, lots of CG being used. It, it, one critique, uh, one criticism from our spectrum um, of digital art, of um, visual effects and, and digital cinematography, mm. the camera work in that film is, it makes people sick. Like they stuck cameras where, I think they learnt in that film because they certainly got it right in the second film. Mm. Um, they learnt the rule, just because you can put a camera somewhere does not mean you should. Yeah. Um, and it should have a real-world justification. You really, in order to create, and we learnt that, we learnt that through that film, that in order to create a camera in the 3D space, it has to have a logical, grounded function as if you were creating it in real space. So you, you lay dolly track, where's the, ca- where's the crane go, this sort mm. of stuff. That came from the mistakes made in this film, and they mm. certainly turned it around and got it right um, fairly quickly. History of Violence, I have no idea what this is. Do you know what this is? No. Never came across it. 1997 graphic novel um, adapted by David Cronenberg. Neo-noir descendant of Out of the Past. So I have no idea what this is. Somebody will probably be cursing me right now, but I, I can imagine maybe not many. I don't know. No, never heard of it myself. Yeah, no, hasn't come across my radar. This is the Batman Returns with the Penguin in this one, mm. I believe. Does that sound right? Danny DeVito? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, Danny DeVito. Oh, also had a fantastic okay, yeah, yeah, performance yeah. by, um, yeah. uh, what's his name? Oh, it'll come to me. Everyone does a um, an impression of him. Um, uh, he was in The Deer Hunter. But he went on. He's he's been more known for doing his uh, comedy. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. He was the he was the mayor of Gotham in that film. He sort of teamed up with with Poddlecott. Pop, what was the penguin's real name? No, can't remember. Um, Christopher Walken. Oh, right. He was the was he? yeah. He was the uh, mayor of oh right, and he sort of teamed up, or if he wasn't the mayor, he was trying to get elected, and so he teamed up with the penguin to cause mayhem on the streets. Um, but there were some really cool moments between Christopher Walken and Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Danny DeVito is really uncomfortable; makes you feel really uncomfortable in that film. You know, he's biting into raw fish and mm-hmm. <laughs> always salivating, and yeah, yeah, he did a really good job actually in that film, The Winter Soldier. Captain America, um, the second in the trilogy. Did you get into that one? Have you seen it? Yeah, again, I keep talking about the uh, the uniforms and stuff. I really like the, um, you know, he's, as you can see there, he's not in his spandex No thing. spandex he's to be seen, a, yeah. Fairly believable, dirty, grimy. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. It, it, it is well-grounded, the, the uh, Captain America stuff. Uh, Batman Begins. The the no, first of the Batman begins. that's the f- the first of the Christopher Nolan outings. So this is the one with um, um, the nemesis. The bad guy is not the Sandman, is it? No, who was the bag? Who the hell was the bag? Oh, uh, Two Face. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's barbecued his girlfriend and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It set up the trilogy, I guess, and mm. and set up our our guy he goes to. Oh, it, and it was um, not just Two Face. It was um, Raza Al Ghul, the Tibetan. You know, he goes to the Tibetan temple and learns his martial uh, arts train. Yeah, and this yeah. Raza Al Ghul yeah. that comes in. Remember the train that's cascading and and the gas that they're releasing through the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I haven't seen Batman Begins. You should uh, you should have a look at that one. It's a, it's not a bad one. It's set up the franchise for the Nolan Batman um, films. Um, it didn't do it did a, it did a pretty good job. Um, Iron Man two thousand and eight <clears throat> number three, yep. absolutely a great film. That's mm-hmm. the turning point I believe for Marvel films. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe if you look at all of these back here. Um, yes, there's some milestones. Yes, there's some big sort of leaps forward. But that mm. Iron Man, mm. that's the turning point. Mm. That's that's the one that set the mood, the pace, the polish, um, the level, the set the brackets, the whole thing. And they've just been sticking to that mm. um, and working in and around it. A really good classic popcorn flick, I reckon. Absolutely, mm. he did a great job. Um, and the director Favreau, brilliant. Um, the second one was just as good as the first, I believe. Spider-Man 2 comes in at second second place for the uh, for the Marvel world. Yep. That's a big call, I reckon, this one. Spider-Man 2 at number two. Superman, the original film. Great film. When those, when those titles come across the screen with that trailing 3D effect mm-hmm. and that music, John Williamson music, John Williams music, um, it's it it's still sort of you know it's, it reminds me of a period in my life you know yeah, it's yeah. a time it's so iconic yep um, beautiful beautiful piece um, of cinema and really well put together films and the premise of the film at the time for marketing was you will believe man can fly and people did because it was the first time they ever had someone on wires where the green screen was actually working okay. But also, he was a pilot. All oh, right. Before he did the role, okay. he was a, he was a pilot. He flew Cessnas and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he knew about banking. He knew <laughs> he knew how things turned in in the sky. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he did. And yeah, when okay. he and when the when he needed to go left in front of the camera, he would bank. Yeah. And sure enough, people believed that man can fly. The only problem was he's an alien. <laughs> so number one. For both films, for both franchise, is the Avengers for uh, for Marvel and the Dark Knight. Now, I wouldn't have even done this if I didn't think if I didn't agree with these two here, mm-hmm. and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is the number one Marvel film that they've ever created, and mm-hmm. I think this is the number one DC film that they've ever created. So it legitimizes these lists a little bit to mm-hmm. me. Their top ten actually is pretty is pretty good. I don't think I've argued about any of the the order mm-hmm. of these lists. Mm-hmm. So that's the uh, that's uh, it, it. We dragged on a little bit, but I mean, this is our this is our bag. We get into this stuff, and and um, I'm going to be revisiting some of these with a little bit more detail, and mm-hmm. and try to work out why they are in the list where they are, and why they're not higher or lower or whatever. Mm-hmm. See if we can find some interesting stuff digging into them. But what I'm going to do is enter these into our mind domo. Um, as a, as some go tos, mm-hmm. some go tos for um, two of the major players at the moment, and I mean you've got DC playing catch up, 
mm-hmm. but they're they're trying like hell and they're 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 programming stuff and they're releasing stuff all the time to to try to level the playing field a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you've got Avengers who are on top of the pile, and it's easier to knock somebody that's standing on the top of the pile. Absolutely, you. When you're at the top, there's only one way to go. Absolutely, you've got to work harder <laughs> to stay there. And um and you know they could they could get cocky. Mm. You know Disney as a as an organisation could, could get cocky mm. because at the moment they're just counting money mm. by by the lot. Mm. So I'll be entering that into our <clears throat> into our voyage of the geek. So anything else before we uh, part ways? I think we, that's pretty. Uh, we've we've covered some some ground today. Oh, I think that's about it. So tell me how you would like – I would like to – we're still thinking about how we can uh, do, a, do a standard sort of sign-off for the show. Mm. Give, me, give me your best sign-off for the show. Um, all right. Well, we've both done our bit. Yep. Both talked about the stuff that we were going to do. Um, as we were talking about, there should be the call for, call to action. Yes. Okay, so – You've got any any responses, any thoughts, corrections? You know, stick them in the comments down below underneath the the video. Um, check out the Mind Omo, and uh, that can follow you around. You can follow that around and sort of see where we were coming from in terms of the research and stuff. Um, and that can lead you to some of the things that we we're talking about in the last episodes. Other than that, yep, I guess we're done. 